Hey, you're listening to Meet the Difference Makers, an Enroll Films podcast where we talk to the difference makers inside higher education. Each episode is crafted to bring you a dose of encouragement, a spark of inspiration, and a heartfelt reminder that the incredible work you're doing in higher ed is changing lives. And now your host, Ryan Coral. I'm Ryan Coral from Enroll Films, and I'm really excited that you are here with me on this episode. Before we dive in, if you are the person that's responsible for telling the stories at your institution or you know the person who is responsible, I'd love to share with you a resource that we use to help create authentic and soulful video content that will help you enroll students, engage alumni, and donors. We call it our testimonial capture checklist, and it includes our secret formula for capturing powerful testimonials. I think that most testimonials that we see or that people create are pretty bland, and if you want to stand apart from your competition, then you've got to be asking the right questions when you're doing these interviews or, or creating these testimonial pieces. Uh, you got to start with the end in mind, uh, but that really starts with uh, asking the right kinds of questions so that you can get the right kinds of responses that are going to move the needle in your marketing. We're giving this resource away. Uh, so if you want access to this checklist, it is my gift to you for being here, hanging out with me. You can download this resource by going to enrollfilms.com slash checklist. All right, are you ready? Let's jump into today's interview. Roll the tape or something like that. What's up, friends? Hey, welcome to another episode of the show. Today with me is Mr. Jim Wojcik, who has quite an incredible career, uh, has spent over 20 years as a faculty member at Central Michigan University, uh, has done everything probably under the sun in regards to uh, public relations and communication. Uh, Jim, thanks so much for, for being with us today. Thanks, Ryan. Appreciate being here. So you were recommended by a good friend of mine, Nikki Little, uh, who uh, I think you had as a student uh, a, a while back. Is this true? Do you know this person? You obviously have a small circle of friends, sir. <laughs> no, I know Nikki real well <laughs> as a student. She was exceptional when she was here, and she's been an exceptional professional since she's been out. Um, she's and she does a lot to 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 really help our program and help young people. You know, continually, even though she graduated several years ago. I won't go into numbers. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, how how do you spend your time these days? Teaching, working with internships, um, my whole philosophy, I'm, 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 I'm kind of an academic, but not an academic, if that makes sense to you. Um, I'm the internship coordinator now for uh, the Inter Integrated Public Relations Program, for the Broadcasting Program, for the Communications Department, Photojournalism Department, and Journalism Department. And my whole philosophy on outreach is the more you do, the better you get, the more networks, the more you build your network, um, the more opportunities you have for students. And then I'm a firm believer in the old John Dewey philosophy that you learn by doing. Mm. Um, and I want students to have as many experiences as they can. So a lot of my time, even though I enjoy the classroom and I got enough ham in me, I think, to at least be entertaining, I don't, I don't jump through hoops or things like that, but... Um, is getting students to do things. I want them to do things. I want them to practice. Mm. Um, one of my 
kind of mantras is that you not only learn what to do when you're in college, you learn what not to do. Mm. And I That's want good. you to do things. And, and if you're going to fail, I want you to fail here. I want you to fail in my classroom. I want you to fail. I don't want you failing in your internship, and I don't want you failing in your first job where you get a nice pink slip and get to go home. I, I want you to be able to make your mistakes here so you learn from them, you grow from them, you get educated from them, and you move forward, and you're a much better person. And, um, you know, sometimes that's contrary to what our society teaches right now. So everything that I do is geared towards, you know, trying to give students as many real-life experiences as I can. I love that. It's so good. You know, it just as we fail or as we try new things, it really allows us to figure out uh, what do we like and what don't we like. And mm-hmm. if people can figure that figure that out while they're in college, that's amazing, right? That's a huge win to be able to help people uh, start to uncover or get closer to uncovering what it, what it is that they really feel like they're wired to do and in how they want to make a contribution to the world. Sometimes it comes as a complete shock to them too, because yeah. they've geared their whole life towards goal A, and they get to goal A and they say, "Oh, time out! That's not <laughs> what I expected." Um, so, what's your plan B? And mm-hmm. and uh, you know, like I tell students on internships, for example, in in, in public relations, and you're well aware of this. Um, you know, you can go into business PR, corporate PR agency PR, nonprofit PR, what I call silo PR, which may be just like a designated field, uh, healthcare, higher education, um, another particular area, engineering PR. Um, and in your whole life, you're geared up to do something, you do something, you know, I really want to be, I want to make a difference. I want to go into nonprofit mm-hmm. PR. Yeah. And you get there and you do that internship and you say, oh, that's not what I thought it was. <laughs> what am I going to do now? And, and learning that is very valuable now than right. it is learning it after you were already in the field and think, my gosh, what am I going to do for the next 30 years? Yeah. You know, I don't like this. Well, now yeah. what happens? So it, it is, it's, it's truly valuable to learn what is much to learn what you don't want to do as, as what you do want to do. Yeah, it's pretty wild. I mean, there was a there was a period of time. We have three kids, my wife and I, and there was a period of time where I just started thinking. I'm, you know, I started this business. I went to school. I graduated. I got a degree, but my degree didn't. It, I didn't take a one business class. I didn't take any video classes. But here I am. I have a, a a video business, and so as I think about my my kids, I'm like, I don't. You know, they don't have to go to school, but. After processing this for the past few years, I'm finally realizing that, wow, and exactly what you're saying, Jim, like this is one of the those key things that like you've got this sort of like this safe place to to be able to play into mm-hmm. into mess up where it doesn't really it's not as big of a deal as as once you are in the, you know, quote unquote, real world. I, I'm 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 just convinced now I'm like, oh, my gosh, I, I have to somehow convince my kids that you really need to consider college because this is, uh, there, there's a lot of, there's just a lot more learning that you, that I want my kids to do before they, uh, before things get a lot more real. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I think what we have to be careful in colleges is not limiting them. Um, mm. You know, during the last 10 to 15 years, it seems to me like the focus is 
to kind of try to guide students and narrow them into certain directions rather than say, no, I want to question everything. I want to challenge everything. You know, I mean, um, if you if you want to go back to the to the protests of the Vietnam War, for example, you're, you're a little young for that, but some of us aren't. And, you know, I mean, people challenged everything. Yeah. And challenge, when, when you challenged, you were considered, aha, uh-huh, you must be amongst the brightest and best. Mm. Now, if you challenge, you're not necessarily considered that. And, and we, we have split ourselves so much, you know, we're, we're 50-50 on whatever topic you yeah. want to pick. Uh, now, a challenger is not necessarily the brightest and, and best. Yeah. It could be the dumbest and dumber. You know, and and um, and that that makes it tougher for young men and women and other people to, to just kind of, you know, get to that point of saying, yeah, you know, I'm, is that really true? Do I really believe that? Do I want to believe that? Can I do this? Yeah. Can I not? Jim, your career in higher ed is very impressive. What would you say as you look back over all of these years investing in this space? What's like one of your your highlights of your career? You know, I I don't know that I have a particular highlight. You know, if you're looking for that grandiose moment, I don't know that I have that grandiose moment. What I have is a large, many, many years consistency of watching that expression on the face when the light bulb goes off. And they say, I got it. I know what you mean. Your efforts haven't been completely futile. I've figured it out. <laughs> and and you see that. And then you watch the growth. And the growth at that mm. point becomes exponential. You know, it yeah. just boom, 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 boom at that point. Um, a lot of young people just struggle to a point. Some of them struggle with what they want to do. They're still not even sure. And But then when that light bulb goes off and you see that change and you see them going from from kind of nomad to professional. And to me, that's the high. That's 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 why I still do this, is because I love to see the success that they have. I, I can't, you know. I mean, obviously, when I got married, obviously, when my boys were born, you know, all those are yeah, they're very important things. My grandkids are the are the greatest. Having said that. In terms of, is there really one great thing? That no, but if I take the culmination of all mm-hmm. I've seen during the years of all the individual growth of kids who I thought, holy Toledo, this ain't never gonna work, <laughs> and all of a sudden, you know, they're really, really good. Yeah. That's you know, that's what makes it. Mm-hmm. That's what makes it rewarding. I love that. That's so good. When you're, when you're, I mean, before you're having these epiphanies and in, in helping students uh, experience the light bulb going off, like what, what were you doing? Like, what was the thing that compelled you into higher ed? Because I would say for a lot of people, you know, there's, there are a lot of things that you, you could have done, right? You've got quite, quite a career of, of things that you did. Um, and you probably could have retired and you probably could have retired pretty well in some of those uh, lines of work. But what was the moment that you really felt like, no, this is the work that I want to do. This is this is what I really feel like I want my life's work to be. Well, I, when I came to college, I was going to be a high school teacher, a high school math teacher, and I was going to coach. So I guess I had mm-hmm. those maternal and paternal instincts right along the, yeah. all along the way. 
I was going to try to do something like that. I had good teachers in high school. I had good nuns growing up. Sometimes they didn't think I was so good. They were they were very sharp with rulers, by the way. Um, but, you know, I had that good, good educational background. And my parents were, my parents, neither one of them went to college. But they were very forceful about, you know, learning. And believe me, they were forceful in a lot of different ways because I was not a Rhodes Scholar. Uh, nor did I care to be, but I was always interested in 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 um, you know thinking that I could teach, and and sometimes that can get you into too much trouble. Um, you know, there's a lot of people that don't like people who continually teach, and I don't mean in the classroom, but I mean you know outside of life. And I'm sure I probably have violated that that code many many times with people. Um, you know, can you shut up? I know you teach, but I've had enough of it. You know, move along. But so. I've always kind of had that instinct. What kind of pointed me in this direction? This, this is this is uh, an interesting story that I, I share with my classes a lot. Um, I was working to be a math teacher in my first two college classes, algebra and trigonometry. I got A's in, which is far astounding, but I loved math and I enjoyed it. Um, I didn't do near as well in the other classes, but but I took a solid geometry class, and uh, in that class. Uh, she marked on total points, and something didn't catch right. Something didn't snap right in my brain. In the first two tests, psh, out of 100 points, I got like 10. And uh, as the semester went on and went on and went on, I, I, I got it. Light bulb came on. I was doing well. But at the end of the semester, I had not made up enough points to get the seed that I needed to move on to calculus. And that changed my life at that particular point in time. There was a second swing that I'll, that I'll add to this, but... Um, I walked in and I said to her, I said, what happened? You know, I, I thought I really did, you know, yeah, I know I was kind of, kind of, uh, irrational there the first few tests, but you know, I, she said, oh, she said, I was so proud of you. You did such good work. She said, but you just didn't quite make it. You were just a couple of points short. And which meant that I had to take the same class from the same instructor again before I could get into calculus. And I said, yeah, that's not working. I'm not doing that because, you know, I don't like you anymore. And um, so I, I moved on and, and, I, and I got another major. Um, I'm, uh, I, I then became a history major, which was uh, really good. I mean, it was really helpful because I learned a lot from history. And, um, but uh, about a year later, I'd always had an interest in newspapers and reading. I used to fight my dad for the newspaper. Um, and I can remember telling my mother, get me Sports Illustrated for a Christmas gift, which she wouldn't do because it had that, that filthy bathing suit issue in it back, back then. And I guess still does. Um, but, um, we had to have a class, this part of the old general education trend. It, it had to be a foreign language or it had to be a speech class, uh, or it had to be a journalism class or it had to be an English class. I didn't. English I never liked because they always taught me to put more words in, and I always felt that they were unnecessary. I liked to write clearly and concisely. And so I said, I'm going to take this journalism class. I like newspapers. And this lady, who was the old school marm from way back when, just lit my fire about being nosy, curious, um, and I really got into it. And by the time I got mm. done, I lacked one course from being a minor. In journalism, when I graduated, I wasn't going to come back and do that. 
Um, but I went into the newspaper business. I got, I worked on the student paper. I did all those kinds of things that last year and a half. To, <clears throat> and so my first job out, I was the editor, sports editor of a small daily newspaper. And I, I got the bug. I loved writing. I loved clear, concise writing. I didn't have to put fancy words in. Nobody said, write this page, write this 10 page paper. They said, you know, just write the story and tell me what happened. And, uh, so I, I got into it and I just enjoyed it more and more and more. And, and it, everything just kind of mushroomed from there. I had a lot of different opportunities come up and different things. I worked in fundraising for a year. I, um, and then I got into the, into the student media side where, you, again, I was like a coach helping students in the newspaper business, in the yearbook business. And, and those, you know, I fed off of that. I mean, I do. I, and I still do to this day. So, I, you know, that's kind of a long, long-winded explanation of what you asked. But I hope it makes sense by the time we got to the end. Yeah. <laughs> no, it really does. That's a good, uh, uh, that's a good story. Um, yeah. I, I, I wonder. By the way, there been a, I hate yeah. to interrupt you, but no, you're I fine. promise my yeah. students all the time I will never mark on total points. Because I know what happened to me, and I don't mark oh. on total points. I do factor rate of improvement a lot in my classes. Yeah, yeah. Huh. Interesting. Yeah. Well, um, with with the 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 number of students that you've had, obviously a, a former student was one that introduced us. Uh, has there ever been uh, a compliment you've received or something from a past student uh, that really did mean a lot to you? Yeah, I've, I've had a lot of them. And, and, and the, you know, the thing of it is, uh, in, in the last five to 10 years, it's even more and more um, meaningful is when a student just says, thank you. Or a student will come in and say, you know, you said something here. You'll never know what kind of an impact that had on me. And then they'll tell me what it was I said. At the time, I, I would have looked at it maybe as more innocuous or just conversational or something else. But yeah. Something resonated with them and it helped them. And it, it was, I don't know if it was a turning point um, or a reflection point, or maybe it was the thing that got them over the fear level when they jumped over the line. Um, it, 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 it was never anything, again, it, it's not that grandiose thing. It's when a student will, takes the time and says, wow, that was really meaningful to me, or thank you, that really helped me, um, or something like that. Those are, again, that's the fuel for me. That's, and there, there you know, it sounds egotistical as hell, but um, there have been a lot of those over the years, and they're not dramatic. Yeah. Somebody will send me a note. Somebody will send me an email. Somebody will stop by my office. Some will tell me 10, 10 years later. You know, mm. you'll never know what that did to me when you said X, you know, whatever X happened to be. Those, the, those so, are the things. That is beautiful. Uh, it's not egotistical. I mean, that's just, it's, it's the truth. Uh, what's so interesting, I would say in your experience, like you weren't doing anything out of the ordinary, right? You're just like, oh, this is the same thing I say like every year. This is the thing I care about. So I just share this thing. And, uh, but for whatever reason, the way the universe aligns or whatever at that particular moment for that student in their life, 
it like meant something that maybe you intended or maybe you didn't, uh, but it changes the trajectory. I, I just think that is fascinating. I try to throw a lot of life lessons into my classes, mm. you know, and, and sometimes hearing life lessons are, are kind of painful yeah. uh, for some students. And, and, you know, one of the, one of the interesting things is, is that when I look out at a class for the first time and, and probably for the first half of the class, I don't know a lot about those students. Yeah. I don't know what kinds of families they come from. I don't know what kinds of, of problems they have or have had or lived through or maybe facing or their families are going through. I don't have any idea. So a lot of that real life stuff that I talk about sometimes really, really hits home with some of them and I don't know it. Yeah. And they're not in a position where they at that particular point care to share it, mm. you know, because it's still pretty close and pretty personal to them. Um, and then after they, after they hear things or they watch or they listen or maybe put into practice one or two things, maybe that makes the, you know, that's the thing that triggers them over to change something. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What about for you? Like, has there been like a, a challenging moment uh, or season in, in, in teaching uh, for you? Um. Yeah, there's there's been a few. Um, sometimes, uh, every once in a while, you'll say something that maybe a student takes the wrong way or misinterprets, or you know that you have no intention of that going that way. And and in this day and age, that's a really dangerous thing. Um, you know that'll happen once in a while, but you know the the few times that has happened, I've been managed to talk it through and discuss it. And my what what my intent has been or what I've done, or maybe I didn't know, you know, that, that kind of thing has happened. And, and there's other kinds of challenges that happen in when you work in higher education too, you know, yeah. I don't know that there isn't any place you work where there aren't political challenges, but by, and by and large, no, I mean, I, yeah, I've, I've, I've really had pretty good, hmm. you know, I mean, so uh, I, I, I tell the kids whining and excuses don't work. I'm not. I'm not fond of either one, and and I'm. I'm you know, I, I. There's not a whole lot of things I do different. Yeah, yeah. You know, I. And and even even the lessons I learn, they're good for me to yeah. learn. Yeah. Uh, I'm just curious. You know, the the name of the show is Meet the Difference Makers, and I my my thought here is that most every single one of us could name somebody uh, that, that had a significant um, impact in our lives that was a difference maker for us. So just curious whether or not they helped you land in higher ed uh, or they, they just were somebody that, that they were a big cheerleader for you and, and helped you uh, kind of build this life or be a part of this life that you, that you got to enjoy. Who, who might that be for you? Oh, there's 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 really a lot of people. If I if I go back and think, and I and I won't enumerate that much, but I mean, I've had a wife for so many years who's just been a rock. Just no matter what is there, uh, really, really makes a difference when you have the when you know you have the freedom and support to carry on and do what you you know what you want to do in your your yeah. your life's mission. Um, I've had instructors along the way. I've had. Uh, probably half a dozen of them here at, at CMU that have just been fantastic mentors to me and who have said, hey, 
come here, Polak, we got to talk. Yeah. Uh, we, you know, because you need to fix this or do this or change this or try this approach or something like that. And I guess the people that, uh, this is going to sound kind of strange again in this day and age, the people that I have the utmost respect for are the people that held me accountable, mm. that made me be responsible for what I did, said, acted, how I acted, um, and who weren't afraid to tell me. Yeah. Um, because that's how I learned so much yeah. in, in growing up. Um, there, there are a couple of people here at CMU that I will mention, uh, Gil Mikenek, who founded the journalism department. He was the father figure. Um, mm. And he was the very, very, very nice father figure until he got you yeah. one-on-one. Yeah. You know, and then it was maybe not quite as nice. It was it was direct and yeah. to the point. And then um, a person that I that I really, and I, I worked for for many years and admired, his name was Russ Heron. And um, he, he was the kind of person that he would give you the latitude to hang yourself. And then he would help you untie the knot after you'd done it mm. and, and explain wh- how you got yourself into that position. Um, but again, it was that old learn by doing thing. Yeah. And, yeah. and uh, so, yeah, I mean, it, I, I didn't have many teachers, bad teachers growing up. And it wasn't because they were all great, wonderful, magnificent teachers, I think. It was more because I really enjoyed learning. Now, I didn't practice that near as well as I should have. And, and, and I really yeah. wasn't a, a great stellar student with great numbers on a point average. But I still always wanted to learn. And, and so I always took pretty much what they said seriously, mm-hmm. even though I couldn't regurgitate it necessarily back on, <laughs> on a test. But, you know, there was some osmosis going on, much to their credit. Somehow, they kept my interest in that regard. Mm. But I, I, I do think, uh, you know, and, and we're afraid to do that nowadays, but I do think people who would just sit back and say, that's it, stop, yeah. here, yeah, pay attention to this. You know, those are the people that I have the most respect for. Mm. That's so good. I, I got an opportunity today to speak at chapel at the university I graduated from and shared my story to help help them promote. They have a mentorship program at the school that they're trying to uh, make the students aware of. And so I shared my story of growing up and I shared, you know, my parents got divorced when I was in going to seventh grade and just did my dad worked midnights and was never really around. And it wasn't until my uh, high school career that I had a high school, my, my high school football coach uh, who was not the nicest man on the planet. And, you know, would grab your face mask and like get in your face. But I didn't have that person. Uh, I knew that he loved me and he was not also, he also was not afraid to like tell me the truth mm-hmm. and to challenge me and to call me to a higher level. So as you're like describing these friends and these mentors, I'm like, yes, like as, as, as much as that sounds like, oh man, I, I, to know that there are people that have our best interest in mind and aren't going to beat around the bush, but to say like, here's the shortcut <laughs> to, yes. you know, learning this the fastest way possible uh, in my experience or whatever. I, it's just so good. It's so rich. And I'm grateful for that experience for you, obviously for, for myself as well, because it's made me who I am today. And 
I, I just think it's it's a beautiful thing. And it you've you've obviously embraced this, whether you would say it or not, this idea that you are a mentor to a lot of people and have had a big big impact uh, over a long period of time. One of my last thoughts here is, you know, higher education, there's a there are a lot of challenges, I think, on the road ahead. But we both know that there's so much goodness in in this work and in this space. There's so much opportunity. What would your encouragement be for people that have spent, you know, a good amount of time uh, pouring into uh, this this industry and into this work who might feel alone or maybe they've forgotten their purpose? Uh, what would your encouragement uh for them are you are you talking students or faculty uh, I'm, I'm talking about faculty at this point you know this will get me drummed out of the faculty corps but i think as as faculty we've become afraid we both talked about examples um the football you use the football coach as your example can you imagine what happened to that football coach today Oh, and man. Yet, well, he, he did get fired it's not too long ago. <laughs> um, yeah. But he didn't get fired when he did that to you, did he? Nope. Nope. But now everything is, everybody is on guard for what they say, how they say it, when they say it, and what they say. I know people who now are afraid to challenge students mm. because, you know, one tweet gets people fired. Uh, and, and, and I think that, that we've, you know, I'll, I'll speak collectively. I mean, I, I think maybe we've lost our edge a little bit mm. and we need to get that edge back and say, Hey, do you think about this? Did you understand this? I know you're not going to like what I say, but yeah, you know, you need to, you need to understand X, Y, and Z is going to make you a better person or a better employee yeah. or uh, you know, a better group representative, whatever it happens to be. And, and we should be able to say that to a student without fear. Yeah. And I don't mean, you know, it's not physical fear. It's, it's, yeah. it's that you don't want to be ostracized. You don't want to be yelled at. You don't want to have to go to a hearing room. You don't want to do things like that. You know, it's, you know, there ought to be able to be that kind of a dialogue. Again, I'll go back to to um, how back in in the quote old days, and I don't live in the past. Believe me, I don't live in the past. I did not walk ten miles uphill to school and then ten, <laughs> ten miles home uphill to get home. I don't I don't live that way. But yet, I I knew that I wasn't going to bluff my way through anything, and I knew that I wasn't going to bulldoze my way through anything because somebody was going to call me call me out on it and 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 i'm not saying that we should call students out all the time i'm not that's not what i'm advocating what i am advocating though is that that we we hold students accountable um we hold our colleagues accountable when we know that they're not doing what they should do um and we hold our our programs accountable if they're not doing what they should do and you know we talk about measurements all the time well this, the success is how much are our students learning when they're all done? And I'm not talking assessment test. I'm talking how do they become part of life? How do they assimilate everything that's going around in life? And 
that's that's the the one concern I have. We we have a generation of students now that are coming out of high schools and coming here and then leaving some universities. Not sure what they can say. Not sure. Not afraid to say something. Um, because they don't want to offend somebody or they don't want to hurt yeah. somebody's feelings. Yeah. Um, you know, that's not good. That's not good. And that, that doesn't, I'm, I'm not advocating that you should run around and try and insult people and make them feel bad or do things, but we should be able to have good discussions yeah. and we should be able to challenge each other's thought processes. Yeah. That's what I want to see. Yeah. 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 That's great. Um, what what this is? I think this is my last big question. What do you hope that your legacy? Um, what, what kind of legacy do you do you want to leave? Just that he cared about me. Mm. Um, I I don't need plaques and awards or any of that kind of crap. I did just that they know that I cared enough that I wanted to help them. Mm. And if they know that, that's that's it for me. I mean, again, that's the high. That's that's the driver. Um, I don't have any great ambitions to, you know, my name will be on the gravestone. That'll be enough. You know, they can find it in the cemetery. But um, just, you know, that, that they know that no matter what I did, I had their best interest at heart. That's, that's my goal. That's not a stated goal. I mean, I, I don't put that on a syllabus or anything, but. No. So good. Jim, this has been so fun. How can people connect with you if they, if they did want to uh, reach out? Um, J I M W O J at gmail.com. It's, it's simple. Um, I'm glad to talk to anybody, uh, young people who are looking for direction. God, we got a great career field. Mm. Our, our students are so many places doing so many things, so many great things, exciting things, great jobs. Uh, everything from nonprofits to uh, corporate VPs to sports and entertainment to you name the field, we've got students there, and um, I I get excited again on giving students the opportunity to do things. Let them do things. Let them think. Let them find out. Let them. My I tell them all the time. I'm going to kick you out of the sandbox. You know. Don't don't be afraid to flop out onto the ground. You know you're going to be all right. You're going to make it. <clears throat> I haven't threatened to throw any of them into a swimming pool and water over their head yet because I think I'd be fired for that. But <laughs> you know, it just you know just come on, young people. Mm. You know, don't don't be maligned. We you, you got a lot of things working for you. Yeah. Let's 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 tap some of that potential and see what you can do. Read, 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 read. I don't care what it is, Sports Illustrated, um, whatever. Just read because the more you read, the better you're going to get, the smarter you're going to get, the better writer you're going to be. There's nothing bad about reading, nothing. Man, I love your passion, Jim. So good. I'm like fired up right now. Uh, (laughs) Thank you so much for sharing your stories. Uh, Thank you for being a difference maker. Really, really powerful stuff here. Uh, Appreciate your time and uh, thank you again. Thanks, Ryan. Appreciate it. I've enjoyed doing this. 
Hey, thanks so much for joining me on this episode. If there was something that you really liked from this episode, let me know. Uh, leave a comment if you're watching this video or you can always just send me a email, ryan at enrollfilms.com. I would love to hear from you. Uh, if you did enjoy this episode, you wanna share it with somebody, remember that sharing is caring. You can take a screenshot, uh, screen grab from your phone, you know how to do that. Uh, if you listen to this on your phone and just text it to your bestie or someone that you think would be inspired or encouraged uh, from this episode. Uh, and if you need video production, remember, this is what we do. This is my heartbeats. This is how I make a living. Uh, so don't hesitate to reach out to learn more about how we do video at Enroll Films. And you can, again, email me, Ryan, R-Y-A-N, at enrollfilms.com. Thanks so much for being here and I look forward to seeing you on the next episode. Bye for now.